Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Fuller. My guest today is Kevin McCashin. And Kevin is going to talk about Andrew Cuomo and the nursing home deaths. Now, you hammered away on your show quite a bit about this before, you know, all this blew up. So so yes. it wasn't news to you. So what's your... What's your opinion of what's going on? Well, it is really fascinating uh, to see, and it's it's become not that the whole coronavirus crisis, the whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic hasn't really been an Albany-centric story, but this really uh, has really ignited the imagination of uh, the, or, or at least the attention of the national media post-Donald Trump. So we had last, on the 11th, last week, we had the revelation from the New York Post, right? So the New York Post, traditionally conservative uh, newspaper. It's conservative then for the most part for now. And uh, they came out with the story of Melissa DeRosa, the governor's executive secretary. So we've covered Melissa DeRosa uh, on my show a long time because of her connections with her, her father's um, her father, brother, and sister are all in one of the biggest lobbyists in New York State, Bolton St. John's, who traditionally has very big uh, clients like Verizon and uh, Google, and they tend to get all the contracts uh, that they want. And, and, and certainly during the pandemic, uh, the DeRosa family firm of Bolton St. John got contracts to redo the unemployment uh, website and phone system. And this is all sort of Verizon and Google work, in, including clients such as Pfizer, where they talk about the Pfizer vaccine getting a, get it after uh, Cuomo had poo-pooed the, uh, the, uh, ethic, the, the safety of the Pfizer vaccine because it was associated with Trump. Uh, they did their own review, but of course, Pfizer is represented by Melissa DeRosa's family firm, so you knew there would be no trouble there. Uh, but what came out was on February 11th, the Post posted uh, Cuomo aide Melissa DeRosa admits they hid nursing home data so feds wouldn't find out. So the feds wouldn't find out. The feds were looking at, the Department of Justice was looking at uh, death toll numbers in the public nursing homes in New York State, which are a, a very small minority of the n- nursing homes. Maybe there's six or 700 nursing homes or facilities in New York State. Of those, only, I believe, 30 or between 30 and 60 are, are public uh, and then it got sort of expanded, but all this time since since uh, really the spring, March 25th, there was a meant a Department of Health directive that required nursing homes admit infected patients and not be able to discriminate against patients with COVID-19. And it was a real catastrophe that we could see at the time uh, as soon as I had nursing home operators or advocates who said, if this coronavirus is like tuberculosis, we don't want that. We, we, we can't accept tuberculosis patients. And now all of a sudden there's this executive order, this health department directive that we take these patients and we don't even test for coronavirus. In other words, they framed it in a way it reminded me of the, at the time of the uh, sort of the AIDS crisis or discrimination against AIDS or HIV, where they would say, hey, you can't deny housing to people who have AIDS or HIV. It was almost framed in that language, which was, you know, just sort of bizarre to see because it was a communicable disease. It wasn't something like HIV or AIDS where you can't 
it, it isn't airborne. You know, it, it, this was an airborne disease uh, similar to tuberculosis. They would never let that back into a nursing home, especially uh, with the provision that they weren't allowed to test. So you can find that executive order, March, uh, March 25th health directive, I should say, more accurately. So the story came out that there was a conference call, a video conference call, and on the conference call was all Democrats. It was Democrats uh, from the legislature, from the the, uh, Senate, as well as the Assembly, and they had a conference call in which uh, after this court case, so the, the state, in order to try to get the total number of people who had died. Now, Cuomo came out with a press conference yesterday and said, well, listen, the total number of people who died of coronavirus was always, has always been accurate. And that is, that is true on its face. The information that was requested back in August, after an August 3rd state legislature uh, committee meeting with Howard Zucker, the health commissioner, the, the information that was asked was how many people who died in hospitals had been transferred to the hospital from nursing homes. And so the state stonewalled on that information all the way until, I think it was early, uh, late January there, you had the attorney general's report came out. Uh, Tish James did a report and said, hey, these numbers are underreported, along with, it was a 78-page report, along with a lot of really sort of details of the abuse and uh, lax regulation in nursing homes, you know, and especially during the coronavirus pandemic where your family members couldn't come in and couldn't come in and visit and sort of check on their family members. Right. So as soon as, as soon as the attorney general's report came out on January 28th, the uh, state Supreme court issued a ruling saying, Hey, you've got to release these numbers. And Zucker began to trickle the numbers out over the next couple of days. And uh, the numbers were essentially that they underreported the amount of people who came from nursing homes to die in the hospital. At first, it was nine. At first, it was six thousand over the over the summer and into the fall. Then it became nine thousand. Now we know the total from uh, nursing homes as well as other uh, long-term care facilities over fifteen thousand people. Now, mm-hmm. in the overall the overall death total in New York State doesn't make a difference. But for the family members who, you know, just were sort of, they didn't have this information and they wanted this information. uh, And the notion that it was underplayed, so to speak, uh, it's caused a real media firestorm over the, over the weekend. So almost as big Mm -hmm. as the, uh, the Trump trial, the Trump impeachment trial. And I think it's largely because you have that Trump impeachment trial wrapping up And you have Trump, you know, sort of out of the picture. Now they're looking for the next big story. And uh, it seems to be Cuomo. But what's fascinating about this is that phone call, which uh, happened last Wednesday, had to be leaked by a Democrat. Had to be leaked by a Democrat. So in New York State, where there is de facto one-party rule, you have a supermajority in the Senate uh, and as well as the uh, Assembly, and they can override even Cuomo's vetoes. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's going to be exactly what you used to see in cities like Albany, where you would have only one party rule. You get fractions and uh, and fissures within the party, and so this is what we're seeing. It looks like I don't know specifically who leaked the call, but the person uh, who's the most vocal right now from that call was uh, Ron Kim, 
Kim has been out all weekend, and Ryan Kim is a Democratic Socialist sort of type. And uh, it's kind of fascinating to see uh, where this is going to go. Now, Cuomo held a press conference yesterday. We, we covered most of it live, at least when we got into the questions. And, of course, he spun a whole different narrative than the Melissa DeRosa. The actual Melissa DeRosa story was that Melissa DeRosa said they withheld the information from the legislature as well as uh, the uh, nonprofit, conservative nonprofit, um, fiscally conservative at least, nonprofit Empire Center, who had to sue the state. They withheld it because they were afraid of the Trump Department of Justice. And so she apologized in the conference call. She apologized to not the families, not the victims, but to the Democrats on the conference call for putting them in a bad position politically, just a politically bad position. And so once again, sort of tone deaf, uh, Cuomo yesterday came out and blamed politics uh, on, on why they wouldn't release it, but really didn't address that Melissa DeRosa conference call at all. And uh, I think he's still taking a beating on it. You know, this uh, fellow uh, assemblyman, Ron Kim from Queens, his uncle died in a nursing home after, after suffering all, all the symptoms of COVID-19. And basically, he just uh, termed uh, Cuomo's response as BS. You know, all of it is BS, he, he told the New York Post. And that they could have given him the information back in May or June of last year, and they chose not to. Which, so the March 25th order, which sent people back into nursing homes from the hospital, they, um, th- that order... Cynthia? Uh-huh. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that order was in place for 46 days, and then they rescinded it. Huh? So they have been asking – people have been asking for that information since May and June, so the timetable really didn't square up with what DeRosa even said last week. So you have uh, far-left Democratic Socialists like uh, Alessandra Biagi, state senator. Right. Uh, Julia Salazar, she's another Democratic Socialist uh, supporter. Uh, another senator from Brooklyn, really pounding her, pounding Cuomo. Now, it's very – it's always interesting to see Republicans who have zero power in New York State aligning with Democratic Socialists uh, who would probably primary – they'll probably find somebody to primary Cuomo again. I don't think it'll be successful. I don't think any Republican can touch him. But if you go back and look at the uh, – the vote total for Cynthia Nixon versus Cuomo, you know, Cuomo still wins. Uh, has anything changed? You know, will will Tish James push for some sort of criminal charges to help eliminate Cuomo? That would be a possibility, whereas uh, you saw Spitzer and Cuomo himself both came from the AG position to the governor position. So that is a traditional path to power. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that'll happen. Um, Siena Institute is out with a poll today. The poll was taken February 11th, which is after the Tish James AG report, which criticized Cuomo for uh, handling, you know, for, for uh, under-reporting and asking for more information. It basically asked for more information. Uh, and, but it came out the after or the same day as. The, the poll was concluded Thursday, February 11th, prior to the most recent round of news coverage. Uh, meaning the Melissa DeRosa, you know, uh, apology. And he still does uh-huh. very well. 
you know, voters, Democrats give Cuomo strong marks for his overall handling of the pandemic. He gets a positive rating, 83% from Democrats, 52% of independents. And, of course, here, 72% of Republicans give him a negative grade. But, you know, there's two to one Democrats and even even as many uh, independent voters as, as there are Republicans left in New York State. So I don't you see, know, uh, I don't see much an issue. Three years ago, um, when statewide elections were, um, Cuomo manipulated the AG uh, election so that Zephyr Tichat would not win. He was that's uh, right. So Tish is, is, yes, but but Tish James was his candidate, right? Exactly. So, um, what what made you think? Uh, why did Tish James do this? Well, one, it could be a good sense of justice. You know, nursing homes are a real issue. Cuomo yesterday came out, which is shocking because, you know, there's there's a, a high percentage. I don't have the exact numbers, and I need to research it before I, you know, go too crazy on, on the perspective. But from my experience and my sources, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the Hasidic community owns the nursing homes. And okay. A lot of a lot of the re- the lack the resistance to pushing for reform comes from fear of allegation of being called anti-Semitic. That's simple and that's stupid. But here you have Tish James. Cuomo actually tasked her with investigating nursing home deaths. So Cuomo was out there with her. Cuomo was out there with her under the probably under the assumption that she's going to go and. That 78-page paper hammers private facilities. It mentions in passing of the under, you know, the uh, the report accused the state. Here's uh, where it is. The report accused the state of undercounting nursing deaths in nursing homes, suggesting the admissions tally of more than 8,500 may be off as much as 50%. The findings did not come up come as much of a surprise to health policy watchers and lawmakers, right, to any of us. Mm-hmm. So 8,500. This was back on the 28th, uh, 8,500 times two, you know, 16,000. Well, we're at 15,049. So that was actually pretty accurate. The timing of the release, though, sources say caught Cuomo's office off guard. But I remember back in April, Tish James was right out there with Cuomo saying, hey, we're going to set up a hotline. And if there's any abuse in the nursing homes, you tell us. And a Uh lot of that 78-page paper, a lot of the 78-page report, contains that it's just this one section has really caught fire you know as one thing they can hook on on uh, Cuomo and then you think about it that's on the 28th of January on the 11th we get this bombshell story that Melissa DeRosa is apologizing to people like John McDonald people like uh, you know Senator May and Ron Kim who I would assume Ron Kim has been the most vocal one I would assume he leaked the the zoom call over to the uh, I can't confirm it but I would assume it was him who uh, leaked it over to the post because he's the most vocal and has the most quotes in the post. Whereas a guy uh-huh. like John McDonald has just said, John McDonald has just sort of bypassed it and said, Hey, it's, you know, it's terrible, but uh, you know, we, it's nobody's fault, you know, as well as this Senator May and some other ones on the call. Uh, but uh-huh. you know, there's enough outrage, enough outrage from the far, far uh, left, the democratic socialist types. And so it's interesting to just see a coalition of Republicans, 
as well as that on one particular issue, which is how government should be. If people agree on issues, they go together on issues. And so yesterday, Cuomo came out with this sort of blame the private nursing homes. Melissa DeRosa had a story uh, this weekend where, or from the, the conference call, DeRosa said nursing home policies have been lax. Um, but Cuomo's been off, in office since 2010. So if the nursing home policies have been lax, it's at Cuomo's feet. Cuomo, Cuomo regulates the private nursing homes. Cuomo also mm-hmm. obviously took uh, de- the Democrats in, during the last election took that million dollars or so from uh, the Greater New York Hospital Association. You know, so they, the Democrats got big money from those guys. Obviously, in the budget, April 1st, they gave legal immunity to nursing home operators as well as uh, hospitals. So who knows what can even be done. The main fear, I think, and you can really tell from the Melissa DeRosa piece in the New York Post, the main fear on that conference call was at the time, you know, as much as they uh, were blustery about Donald Trump, they really feared his Department of Justice that there would be a civil rights lawsuit. So, in other words, a federal lawsuit against these guys for violating people's civil rights by putting them back into nursing homes or sending COVID-positive patients back into nursing homes where they could die. Whereas at the New York state level, I'm not sure how far it'll go or how much it'll protect negligence, but they, they indemnified these nursing homes at the New York state level. So it would have to come from the federal level. And so maybe they just delayed the information to get through the election, see that Joe Biden is coming in office. Cuomo has supported Joe Biden all the way through uh, from uh-huh. the primary on. And, uh, you know, remember the early questions where Cuomo, are you going to run for president? He said, no, not when my buddy Joe Biden is running. And so uh, they they sort of see who the new DOJ is. Now they're clear to to report the truth. Not that not that uh, I don't even know if anything's illegal, because it was a request for information. It wasn't a subpoena, and and they complied with the court order as soon as the court order came down. But it looks really bad. And he uh, he had quite a story to tell at the uh, press conference yesterday, and I'm not sure who believed it, if anybody. But once again. When you see these Siena polls, you know, polls, in my perspective, polls exist to tell people what to think, not to really reflect what they think. So the Siena polls have always been favorable to Cuomo, you know. So ultimately, what do you think this is going to mean to Cuomo? Well, it hurts Cuomo if he thought he was going to go somewhere nationally. So if New Yorkers wanted to get rid of Andrew Cuomo, you know, and he, and he was going to run for president or something like that, you know, or he was going to go be in Joe Biden's administration, that's not going to happen. And maybe they knew it at the time, and that's why. Maybe they knew they were covering this information at the time. They knew there would be blowback, and that's why even from the beginning of the Biden administration, even though Cuomo was down there in D.C. this, you know, past week or whatever it was, uh, they've been quiet on it. You know, they've been kind of quiet on Joe Biden. You know, you heard rumors after Biden won that, you know, Cuomo could be secretary of state or Cuomo could be AG. But I think those were just mostly unfounded, unfounded rumors, you know. Uh I don't know. He doesn't seem to have a lot of friends, but he seems to win elections. That's that's true. Uh, So a primary from the left, you think that's a possibility? Yes. Now, the wild card is Tish James. Will Tish James be loyal to the person who helped get uh, her past Zephyr Teach out? Will she wait her turn, so to speak? How many more terms does uh, Cuomo want? He's, what, 63? So, you know, he could do another four years. Um, 
it's it's tough to say, you know, can you have enough far left people and enough far right people to, to defeat Cuomo? I don't think so, because they wouldn't all be voting for the same candidate. The Republicans obviously don't help the far left in a primary. Um, the last primary we had was, you know, uh, Cuomo and Nixon, and Nixon really didn't do any good, did she? She didn't, she Not didn't at all. Uh, care so well. No, and she was a big name, you know, or at least uh-huh. a big name in New York City type people. So I don't, you but can't I, be somebody with no, you can't be somebody with nobody, as they say. That That's true. And I don't see, although maybe I'm wrong, I don't see anybody from the far left who could challenge um, Cuomo because Nixon was yeah, like the weak New York candidate. You know, I mean, would AOC be able to beat Cuomo in New York State? I don't think so. This is a pretty conservative Democratic state. As much as we have far left people, you know, Cuomo is, Cuomo is only far left because of the, he's trying to take away the position of the left wing people to prevent them from taking over. You know, that's that's he just does enough. He does enough far left policies to sort of take away enough of that base so he can't be booted from power, which is a triangulation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what Bill Clinton did. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton was a very conservative Democrat because he wanted to take away a lot of the thunder so he couldn't be challenged by the Republicans. You see, they always do that. These always an establishment. You sound far left, but you're still the establishment. Just like a, a Republican, like a Pataki, he would never be, Pataki would never be satisfactory to, to Republicans, you know, to your Trump-style Republicans, because he's, he's mm-hmm. so sort of left-wing. Now, there are three states that have, there are three states that voted for Joe Biden that have Republican governors. Vermont, Vermont voted for Joe Biden, but has a Republican governor. Maryland voted for Joe Biden, but has Larry Hogan, a, a, a Republican governor. And Massachusetts mm-hmm. voted for Joe Biden. They have a, and uh, Massachusetts, of all places, has Republican governors frequently. Uh, but okay. I don't know the breakdown as far as that and if that's even possible in New York State. I, I just don't see uh, Democrats voting for a Republican or Republicans voting for Democrats in this polarized world anymore, you know. And I think there's just enough solid D's for them to be able to uh, to be able to uh, hold on. Now, the only way Cuomo would be gone was, would be an Elliot Spitzer-style self-destruction. You know, you just don't know what else will pop up. I mean, Schneiderman, Schneiderman, self-destructed. He probably would have run for governor and give, you know, Spitzer self-destructed. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously Spitzer came in after Pataki. And then you had mm-hmm. David Patterson, who was, you know, just the, the David was a good little fill in there. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is uh, up to Cuomo to self-destruct, I think. Unless there's something else, I just don't. This one, this one, while it captured everybody's attention, I don't think it's big enough. It's not scandalous enough, not big enough. Now, if there's some other revelations that come out, you know, then you kind of have a shot, you know. But uh, I think if he wants to run for uh, another term here, he, uh, you know, he's been in there since he assumed office January 1st, 2011. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
he did a not not so good as Secretary of HUD. You know, his uh, New York State really hasn't the world on fire. It's last in most by most measurements. I don't see Elise Stefanik or any Republican really, especially when Elise Stefanik sort of aligned herself with Donald Trump during impeachment one and two. I don't see right. that New Yorkers would uh, t- take kindly to somebody who uh, is perceived as. She's perce- I don't know that she votes the way a Donald Trump type would, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of trying to put up uh, Carl Palladino. And Carl Palladino got crushed. You know, Cuomo got 62% against Palladino. Right, right. So uh, why, why, would that, why would that drop off? You know, that, there's no reason that would drop off, you know? So, so basically, yeah, 63, 62%. So basically, your, your listeners, you know, because you're, you're right of center. Yeah. Most of your listeners yep. are against Cuomo, would you say? Yeah, uh, well, 100% they can't stand them, largely because of the gun issue. You know, the far right is always about guns and babies. Okay. So it would be, you know, every... every the, Cynthia, if you look at any Republican primary, it's the two things that determine it are guns and babies. If you're pro-gun and you're and you're, and you're against, uh, you know, what on the, on the left you would call it pro-choice. If you're the opposite of that, you're good to go. But I mean, look at this: uh, Andrew Cuomo beat Zephyr Teachout 62 percent to 33 percent in the 2014 election. Right. You know, and that's where the real election was, right? And so you had, uh, and then and that was 2014 gubernatorial that was Zephyr Cuomo versus Zephyr then Cuomo versus Cynthia Nixon was 65 percent he actually made gains he actually they had a better turnout and he made gains there against that and then in the and then in the uh Cuomo versus Mark Molinaro it was uh 59 percent to you know whatever it is it winds up being 36 percent so okay Let's say Cuomo loses another 10%. The far left says we don't even vote. Well, yeah, Cuomo's down to eh, 49%, and, and Molinaro or, or some liberal Republican is up to 46 He still eke, he still, he'll, He still would eke it out, and I don't think it would be even that close. You know, so you could get within 10 points, maybe, uh, you know, but somebody else could come. I mean, you know, the, the, my sort of listeners would, oh, let's run Donald Trump Jr. Well, he would get slaughtered in New York State. You know, after, after all this stuff with all the, with all the media against him and, and the voters, after all the Trump sort of hysteria, uh, you know, he would get killed. So who else could he get? You know, and who's a, who, who is a famous liberal Republican? Well, there are none. There really aren't. Right. You know, you hear George Pataki's out there saying stuff. Nobody wants Pataki back, you know. Uh, um, but it's it's uh, Massachusetts, Vermont, and and Maryland all voted for Biden and all have Republican governors. It's just what would that formula be or who could that be? And the party, when you see the Republican Party with this Nick Langworthy, he's not the most skillful operator. So, Wow. And on that note, we have yeah. to uh, – close our show so like I always say give yourself a little plug yep it's uh, Kevin McCashin and the show is called Road Rage and it's on Talk 1300 uh, AM and 98.7 3 to 6 Monday through Friday we'll see you there you know what I like about talking with you Kevin 
is that you're right of center and I'm left of center. And we have specific issues that we agree on, which people should take note and realize that it's beyond party politics and beyond party labels. Would you agree? Yeah, well, I think people should agree to disagree and not hate each other and not stop communicating, right? Right, exactly. So, Kevin, I'll be listening to you on your show. Thank you. And um, this is Cynthia Pula, focused on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day.